a man is the victim of a horrible crime and 911 puts him on hold? What? A small town in Brazil uncovers a disgusting pile that may lead to a dark conspiracy. It's a pile of what? Who knows? You have to keep listening. And then we stay in Brazil to look at a man who had a close encounter of the burned kind. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. First off, it's weird, the past couple nights, I get this weird feeling in my bedroom. I'm like, I have to use the bathroom a lot because I'm old. When The older you get, the more you have to use the bathroom. Plus, I drink a lot. I go in to use the bathroom, it's my bedroom, and then when I come out, for like the past couple nights, like I don't want to turn my back to the, like, it's getting creepy, bro. I sleep in my living room because it's just some weird thing that I have. I sleep in the living room. Spend most of my time in the living room. Sun goes down. I have to still go to the bathroom. I go into my bathroom. It's creepy. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if it's just stress. It most likely is both of those things rather than some sort of phantasm trying to get me after urinating but yeah dude it sucks so we'll i'll keep you guys informed i'll keep you guys informed of my impending nervous breakdown because i think there's a goblin in my bedroom is how it would be the best way to say that also let's give a shout out to our newest patreon supporter we got sean in the house sean thank you so much for supporting the show really really helps out a lot you're going to be our pilot you're going to be our captain this episode really really means a lot if you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too, guys. Just help get the word out about the show. Really, really helps a lot. I really, really appreciate it. Sean, I'm going to flip you those keys to the Carpenter Copter. First off, we are flying out to Macon, Georgia. We're coming over. I imagine Georgia has lots of trees, right? Florida's all swampy. Georgia has a bunch of trees. Tennessee, I imagine, is all a bunch of hills and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know anything outside of 10 miles of where I'm currently living. We're flying over the trees of Georgia. And it's May 19th, 2020. So super recent. This is a couple days ago. Now, this specifically, if you live in Macon, Georgia, you can actually visit this location. This may be a new, like, true crime hub. Guys, if you live in Macon, Georgia, I know, isn't it Macon? 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 Whatever. If you live in Macon, Georgia, Get ready to go out there and start tearing down street signs because this is going to be an amazing spot for history. It's on Forest Hill Road and Northside Drive. I guess there's like a CVS pharmacy in the area. There's a hotel in the area. We're going to meet a man named Chris Key. So let's land our helicopter in the parking lot of this hotel. We're like crushing cars and stuff. We all jump out of the carpenter copter just in time to see Chris Keys. He's 56 years old. He's a teacher, married teacher. He's a normal dude, right? If you're not a teacher and you're not married, you are abnormal. So we're all abnormal. We're the freaks, the chuds crawling out of the helicopter. Chris Keys, he's a teacher. He's married. He's at the CVS pharmacy doing normal person stuff. He's buying stuff. He's trading money for goods and services. So after he's done doing normal stuff, he gets in his car. And right then two dudes walk up and they're like, yo, put a gun to his head. Drive to the hotel. And he's like, oh, I'm just a normal person. I'm a teacher. I'm married. And they're like, we don't care. Actually, I've heard a tip. If someone ever has a gun on you, don't say I have a wife and kids or don't be like like pleading like that because a lot of times the people who have the gun may have like a crummy life and they're like, what? I don't have wife or kids. 
Like, don't, you can be like, yo, I'll give you all the money and stuff like that. Like, here you go. But don't be like, no, my life's totally awesome. Please don't kill me. Everything's perfect. Don't just, you're supposed to humanize yourself, but don't brag. I guess it would be the, what I have, not only do I have wife and kids, my wife is Britney Spears and my kids are millionaires. Anyways, you should humanize yourself, but don't brag. There, that's a tip if you ever get taken a hostage. That's a dead rabbit radio tip. Anyways, I'm a normal person. We'll continue the narrative. We don't care. We're taking you to the hotel. And they take him to the hotel and they rob him. They take his cash. Give give me that money. Take $70 in cash and they leave. Now, Chris is like, no, my normal life has now been destroyed. I've been robbed a single time in my life. He calls up 911. And for one hour, nobody shows up. 911, what's your emergency? In air quotes, emergency. We don't need. No, no, no. I just got robbed. Yeah, whatever. We don't believe you. So he's doing that for an hour. Finally, the cops show up and the cops go. He tells the cops the story. Look at me. I'm a totally normal person. I got robbed. The cops go, sir, listen, what do you think we are? Cops? What do you think it's our job to go arrest people? We can't catch this guy. And even if we caught the guy, there's nothing we can do with him or them because there was two of them. There's nothing we can do. So we're not even going to look into this. Now, Chris is like, no, the system, even though I'm a married teacher, the system is stacked against me. No. Now, Chris tells that story. That that story is all well and good. And I think the fact that I've referred to it as a story twice in 10 seconds should let you know what's happening. He tells a story and it goes viral. Uh, some woman, some friend of his posts it on Facebook, that whole story, being like, you won't believe what happened to Chris Keyes. I don't think she mentioned him, actually, but she goes, you won't believe what happened at the local CVS. And she says, I had a friend who was robbed at CVS a couple months ago, and this has happened again, and the police wouldn't show up, and when they finally showed up, they said they weren't even going to investigate it, and if they did investigate it, there's nothing you can do. When you guys go out in public, know who you're going with, make sure you know the surroundings, run a buddy system. That's all good advice, right? The story wasn't true, though. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Here's another Dead Rab Radio trip. If you're going to lie about something like this, don't say the cops are a bunch of idiots. Because what happened was the post went viral and people started complaining to the police department. So the chief is like, do we have a report of this happening? And the cops are like, no, we were never called out there. Chief goes, okay, you need to find out what happened because either this guy's faking the story or he didn't report a crime. But either way, he's making us look bad. So if he had just told that story and be like, I got robbed and I bothered not to call the cops. It was only 70 bucks. I'm lucky I got away with my life. The post still made it went viral, but the cops would have been like, well, it's his choice whether or not to investigate it. The fact that he says it took an hour for the police to show up. They refused to help me and they said they're powerless even if they did help me. The police obviously look into this. Now the real story comes out. Chris Keyes, married teacher, he wants to have gay sex. So he decides to put an ad on Craigslist and says, meet me at this hotel room. So he goes to the hotel room. Two dudes come in with guns and take 70 bucks from him and bounce. Now, this episode is becoming a lot of Jason, <laughs> Jason advice. One, don't cheat on your wife, right? That's pretty tacky. So don't cheat on your wife. That's rule one. That's life lesson two. Two, if you are going to cheat on your wife, you should use the buddy system. You should bring a friend with you in case you get robbed. It's funny because all of the advice the girl said at the ending of her post, or she's like, know the area you're in, know who you're talking to, have the buddy system. If he had followed that advice, he never would have get robbed in the first place. But anyways, he wants to cheat on his wife with another dude. He puts an ad on Craigslist. Dude shows up, robs him. He doesn't have the buddy system. The robber has a buddy system. The robber has another dude with him. They take his money and bounce. The easiest thing would have been to do is to not told anybody. Right? 
I've been a victim of a billion crimes that I've never reported because it's not even worth my time to report. Now, that actually made me sound like I'm like a big old wimp. But you know what I mean? Like stuff happens. You get you, you get in a car accident. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to call the cops. Stuff gets stolen. I've had tons of stuff stolen. I've never called the cops. People break into my car unless I was trying to get insurance out of it. If I didn't have insurance, I never called the cops. Or insurance that would fix my windows. I didn't care. Oh, man, someone broke into my car, took my back. I cared, and I would look for my backpack, and I was very, very angry, but I didn't involve the cops. So this guy, he's now in jail for solicitation of sodomy, and which I didn't even know was a crime. I thought there were... So that's like, there's, there's solicitation for prostitution, and then this one specifically for sodomy. He's like, no, we we're only going to do mouth stuff. No, no, but it doesn't matter. He's in... He, that's That's the charge. And he could have just gone home and said, oh, yeah, I lost $70. I tried playing the lotto and I lost or I left my wallet somewhere. She's like, that's weird. You still have your wallet. He's like, oh, but I found my wallet and there was no cash. The fact that he then the fact that he made up the story that the police department of Macon, Georgia is completely incompetent. They don't know how to do their jobs. Ended up busting him in the end because it does turn out they do know how to do their jobs and they arrested you. Now, he did get robbed. He did get robbed. So that part of the story is true. The woman who posted it was like, you know, be careful. People are getting robbed in this area. Although now I'm thinking her friend who got robbed a couple months ago, he might have been at that hotel too. So who knows? Maybe it is an ongoing mystery. But that is now a true crime hub. If you live in Macon, Georgia, I want a photograph of that, of that street corner. Send it to me, deadrabbitradio@gmail.com. Sean, I want you to fire back up that carboner copter. We are headed out to Brazil now. This is a story that was actually sent to me by Bennett. I got a huge email from Bennett the other day. He's always sending me gold. He sent me this big project that we'll be talking about coming up. Trying to figure out the best way to present it, but he's definitely done a lot of good stuff for the show. Really appreciate it. This is from Bennett. We're landing in Sao Lorenco, Brazil. So let's bring that helicopter nice and low, flying over the jungle. We're going to a bunch of different biomes today. We're landing on like a road and we're hopping out. It's August 2015. Now, we're on this like dirt road. That's not racist. I saw a photo of it. It's dirt. I'm not saying all the roads in Brazil are dirty. There's like a dirt road and there's a big carnival going on in town. Everyone's like, we can hear the music from super far away, right? And you wish we were at the festival, but I had Sean land the helicopter here. We're just in this field by this dusty road. And off to the side, we see like a big old pile of stuff. And I go, dude, I'll give you five bucks if you run blindfolded and jump into that pile. Pile of, jump into it like it's a pile of leaves. And you're like, is it a pile of leaves? And my eyes go from side to side. I'm like, yeah, leaves as in a verb. Someone left something and you're like, that's kind of kind of weird. But you do it anyways because you want to have fun on this episode of Dead Rap Radio. So you run and I'm in control of what you do. You run and you jump into this big pile. Whippee! Now, what you have jumped into, <laughs> with or without your permission, I made your body do this. 150. <laughs> you're, now, you're now neck deep. And a pile of 150 cat and dog tails. Oh, Jason, get me out of here. Get me out of here. And then I allow you to move out. My mental powers give you the ability to walk. You crawl out of these. Now, it's 150 tails of cats and dogs. These piles are found all over the area. Sometimes there's up to 300 tails in a single pile. Sometimes the piles are smaller. Total of 800 cat and dog tails are found on roads leading to Sao Lorenco. 
Now, there's photos of this stuff. I don't suggest looking at them, but there's photos of this stuff. This isn't some sort of urban legend. The first suggestion is someone must have been selling animal meat at the festival. And they just disposed of all the tails on their way to town to sell the meat. But here's the thing. I gave you an incorrect timeline in the beginning just because I wanted to do that little musical interlude. The tails were actually found after the fair. After the carnival is when the tails were found. So people go, wait a second. If people were dropping the tails off as they were coming to town with the meat, we would have found the tails as people were also coming to carnival. We didn't find them until days after the festival ended. So... What happened? So then people go, well, maybe the animals were collected locally, still sold as meat. And as the people were leaving town counting their money, they were throwing tails out behind them. Hey, Benny, do what do you want me to do with these tails? We're done with them, Artie. Just throw them around. Let Sal Lorenco deal with them. As their little car's driving away. But people go, that doesn't make sense either, because none of our animals are missing. They did a census. No one was reporting cats or dogs missing from the area. So now they're thinking, so wait, these aren't our cats and dogs. They must have come from another area. But why are they being dropped off on our roads? Two suggestions pop up. One is the commercial slaughter of animals. So they're still going down that route. The other one is black magic. Someone is sacrificing animals. They're dropping the tails off here for some reason. But again, they can't account for 800 tailless animals or even 800 animals missing in the first place. They actually put a box in the middle of town and they go, listen, we know one of you guys is killing cats and dogs. And it's okay. We're not going to do anything to you. We just want to know who it is. So we're going to put a box in the middle of town. There's a reward of $620. Anyone can drop a letter in there. No one has either admitted to it or ratted someone out. No one in town knows where these tales are coming from or why they're there. And that happened back in August of 2015 and there's been no update to this story. It's one of those weird, and thanks Bennett for sending us that, it's one of those weird stories that can be either or. It could be a financial motivation, someone just has a bunch of junk laying around, they've sold all the meat and they're just throwing the tails out of the cars or driving away. The other one is someone is ritually sacrificing all of these animals and leaving the tails is part of the ritual. But who knows? Nobody knows for sure where these animals came from. Why someone's dumping them off or what they're doing with the meat. But I'm sure that in other parts of Brazil, the mystery continues. There may be other villages along the road that they wake up, Oh, who's having such a great day? And they look in the mirror. They're brushing, they don't look in the mirror yet. Hold on. They're brushing their teeth. And then they look up and standing behind them is, is, is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A giant tail. That was going to be my joke. You look up and there's a giant tail standing behind him in the mirror. It doesn't really work. Um... They go, here's a better one. Here's a better one now that I'm trying out material on my show. There's another town. Uh, five weeks later, there's another town in Brazil. They haven't heard about what happened in this town yet. The carnival hasn't reached them. This guy goes to lay down in bed, and he's like, oh, good night, honey. I'm not going to look at you in the lights. The, the lights off, and I'm going to crawl into bed. And then he's like snuggling up to her, and he goes, oh, you're more furry than normal. And, and you feel more detached and a little bit more bloody than you normally do. And he's like hugging his wife, and he starts making out with her. And then the light turns <laughs> Why am I even continuing this stupid thing? The light turns on, and his wife's like, <gasps> And then he realizes that his wife is like standing at the doorway, turning on the light, and he's making out with a, <laughs> with a bag of uh, cat and dog tails. And then, then like there's some dude like walking through the city. With, I don't know, I want him. <laughs> some dude walked through the city with like a hood on 
And he has like a bag of cat and dog tails, and he's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I've officially <laughs> I think I've officially lost my mind. But let's go. <laughs> what was that? Let's go ahead and move on to the next story while I still have <laughs> some semblance of a thought process. Sean, I want you to fire up that Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind the man with the bag of cattails, who's who's also causing people to have sex with him somehow. We're going out to a town known as Arakigama. Arakigama, that's in Brazil. Now, a lot of this story, I, there, there's a, been a couple stories on this, but I got the bulk of my information from an article called Burning Man of Brazil, written by Dr. Abner Malady. I don't think he's a real medical doctor. This is from a website called Wormwood Chronicles. So thank you, Dr. Abner Malady. I, again, I want to see that. I want to see where you got your medical degree. This is a story. It takes place on March 4th, 1946. Fairly well documented. Fairly well documented. There's people, there's been a couple different versions of the story. There have been witnesses that have come forward and things like that. Sean pulls up to this town. It's a population of about 7,000 people. So it's a pretty big town. But on this particular night, on March 4th, 1946, on the outskirts of this town, the way outskirts of this town, about two miles away, there is a house. And it is populated by the Philho family. And there's a carnival go. There's a lot of carnivals this episode. There's a big carnival going on. So his family is not home. Um, the family of Jao Prestes Philho. Jao? How? 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 Mr. Philho. Mr. Philho's family is not present. They're at the carnival. So Mr. Philho had just gone fishing with his buddy, and his buddy and him were walking through the jungle alone. Then the buddy peels off to go to his house, and Mr. Philho goes home to his house alone. Doors locked. Oh, you you kidding me, dude? My family's two two miles away. I don't have the keys. They I didn't really plan this out well, but I'm skinny enough I will crawl through my window. So he crawls through his window and he's now in his pitch black house, and then he sees a bright light outside of his house. Automatically draws his attention and he turns and looks, and this orb this fiery orb comes into his house and then torches him. He feels a heat beam hit the entire upper half of his body. In an instant, he's burning. He's not on fire, but his skin is fried. Ah! Ah! He begins screaming, but there's no one around to hear him. There's no one around him for two miles. The orb disappears. And he looks down at his hands, and they're burned into claws. Can't even move his fingers. It's just torched. He can feel the burns on his face. He can feel the burns on his upper body. He doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a car. He can't even put his shoes back on. Because his hands are all melted and stuff, right? No, I shouldn't have taken my shoes off immediately. He thinks, but then he also thinks, ah, I'm burning. He has to walk for two miles barefoot along this dirt path to get to town. And you're like, Jason, the dude just got horribly burned. I don't think he's, I don't think he's like, ouch, ooh, stepped on a rock. Ow, ooh. But I hate stepping on rocks. So when I read that, I was like, ouch. It's funny because it's hard for us to, ex- it's hard for us to be empathetic of pain. Like getting your arm chopped off with a chainsaw, I, that hasn't happened to me. So I'm not like, ooh. But watching someone get like a splinter or peel back a nail, that really... Some of you guys had a, had a reaction when I said that, too. So you, we've all walked barefoot and stepped on rocks. I've never been torched by a 
whatever this thing was. We'll get into it for a second. Actually, we'll get into it right now. As he's walking these two miles, he believes he knows what got him. You see, in this area of Brazil, and it's actually all over Brazil, but there's a thing called a boitata. A boitata. It's a fire spirit. It's a malevolent fire spirit. And it's basically, a, a lot of times, it will attack you if you disrespect nature. Sometimes they'll just fly by in the sky. They won't really affect you. But other times, they're like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm messing this dude up. And they'll, they'll burn you. And when he was younger, he was once leading a donkey thing, like a donkey cart. It was a cart full of donkeys being pulled by another donkey. And he sees one of those boitatas. He sees this flaming ball of light streak down from the sky. And he said... It came so close to him and the donkeys, he, he felt the heat radiating off the orb. So he had seen these things before. Now, near the town, there was the mine known as the Moro Velho. It was one of the deepest, it's still one of the deepest mines today, up until the year like 1918. It was the deepest mine in the world. Nowadays, it's about 9,800 feet deep. So a lot of people have died there. A lot of people have talked about it, you know, like drilling into the earth, uh, what spirits are being unleashed. So these boitatas would be seen in the area. Some people believed it was actually the ghosts of dead miners. But whatever they were, miners as in people mining, not <laughs> dead kids, people would say, we see this phenomenon. And now this is 1946. This is before we even have mass UFO sightings in anywhere. You had World War II pilots talking about Foo Fighters. But we hadn't had the term flying saucer had not entered the consciousness, none of that stuff. So this even predates all of them. So they're immediately thinking of some sort of spirit. They see him in the air. But none had been attacked by one in this area until now. Now, Mr. Philho was thinking of that. And when he gets done with that chain of thought, he looks up and he sees town. He's like, oh, that was convenient. And he walks into town. And he's like, ah, oh, I've been burned. I've been burned. And they take him to the hospital. And the doctors are looking at him. And they go, yeah, you're right. You are like horribly, horribly burned. Now, there's a version of the story that seems to be the most popular version that when he gets to the hospital, he's burned up and the doctors and the nurses are trying to treat him. And as they're treating him, they see his skin begin to dissolve and then eventually begins to fall off like soup out of a paper bag. It just seems to just drip off of him. And then they watch his muscle tissue get soft then rot, and then begin to slip off like chicken, at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then he just has bones. <laughs> He's just like a skeleton, chattering his teeth, playing his xylophone. He's just a skeleton there. They're actually watching this man rot in front of them. And he didn't seem to be in any pain. He's just sitting there, and his like tongue's melting, and his skin's melting. His hair was perfectly fine. His clothes weren't burned, but eventually just melted away. And they declared him on his death certificate, he died of cardiac arrest. So, that's one version of it. But the way I ended that story, I was suspicious when I first read it. I go, wait a second, the doctors the doctors watched a man melt. And they go, but what really killed him was a heart attack. And not like everything being exposed to the open air. A witness case. So that story's been going around for a long time. This story is a true story. But he didn't melt. Because a witness came forward later. A witness known as Virgilio Alves. He said he was here. He goes, he didn't melt. I was there. He didn't melt. He did show up to the hospital. He was severely burned. When we asked him what happened, he said a boitata got him. He tells the exact same story. He broke into his house. This thing comes through the window that he had just previously broken through. Shoots him with this beam. He walks two miles. The only difference between 
the sensational account is how he died. The more grounded account was something did blast him, and doctors there said it looks like he'd been hit with some sort of radiation. 1946 was long enough after Hiroshima and Nagasaki that doctors were familiar with what radiation damage would look like. They go, it looks like he's been blasted with something. His clothes weren't burned, his hair wasn't burned, um, but he was horribly burned. He couldn't move his hands. He didn't seem like he was in any pain whatsoever, except he kept complaining that he stepped on a bunch of rocks. It wouldn't make sense because at that point, oh, so many nerve endings are burned up. He, they, they classified him. If you look at the real death certificate, it's classified as cardiac arrest after receiving first and second degree burns. So, I mean, the dude was burned by something. The investigators, obviously, they're not thinking, oh, he was killed by a ghost. They went out to his house. And nothing in his house was burned. They said they noticed some chairs had been knocked over. Window had been busted, but nothing was on fire. His clothes weren't on fire. And he died. He died that night. Now, it's one of those stories that you actually have a lot of different people looking into. UFOologists say it was UFO. Of course, right? A Bigfootologist would say it was Bigfoot with a flamethrower. But UFOologists have looked back and said that we believe because the radiation burns, it might have been an afterthruster or an engine from a UFO blasting him. I mean, maybe the fact that it was flying around in his house, I mean, unless it was, you know, that little Martian from Flintstones, I don't think I've really encountered a UFO that can fly through somebody's house. That That's that small. But because it's labeled as like radioactive damage, the UFO community got all over this one. The people in the areas believe that it was a boy Tata, that it was a spirit that for some reason was angered by him. Chased him down. Another logical answer is ball lightning. And a lot of people have said it could have just been... It, it, it classified as ball lightning. Ball lightning is seen in Brazil. Could have came through and shocked him. Burned him horribly. The pushback on that is that usually people who die of ball lightning... They die immediately. I guess I should explain what ball lightning is. My great-grandma saw ball lightning. Ball lightning is one of those phenomenon that's so rare... That for the longest time people didn't believe it. When my grandma was younger... My great-grandma... She was born in 1906. She's passed away now. She lived to be like 93. She said when she was younger, she was sitting in her house and a ball of lightning just came in through a window and just moved through the house and then hit a door and like went out the door. Oh, my stars and garters. No one would believe that story. No one believed stories like that for the longest time because it was so rare. But it's literally a ball of lightning that will just float around. Don't get near it. It's not cuddly. It's just because it's a ball doesn't mean you can... Go dribble it. It will blast you. But normally, it's like people don't normally get struck by lightning. It's funny. Now I'm going to tell another story. My great uncle was once walking through a field with two cans, uh, two can, two tall boys. No, he's walking through a field with two buckets, and there were two pigs walking under each bucket. And he's walking through the field, and he's holding a bucket in each hand. And a bolt of lightning hit him, went through him, went through the buckets, and killed both the pigs. And his hands were fused to the buckets. To this day, we still call him Bucket Hand. No, he's passed away too, and we never call him Bucket Hand. They did have to work on getting his hands open. I mean, like, they just froze onto the metal. I wonder, that'd be weird if my family, like, maybe my family has a lightning. Maybe I'm a descendant of Zeus. Who knows? But probably not. <laughs> probably not. I'd be probably not descended from a fictional character. But you never know. But anyway, so ball lightning... We'll kill it. This is an interesting story because, one, it involves a dude getting fried by something completely unexplainable. If it is the ball, and they, they checked for like, because they were thinking, could it have been an industrial accident? One, his house had no electricity. There's no electricity in his house. 
They go, it's possible that he could have got electrocuted at the mine, that he was goofing off at the mine, got electrocuted, and then walked two miles. But again, they're thinking, what would he have been doing there? Maybe maybe he was meeting some people he met on Craigslist. That's how you construct a lie. They're like, dude, how'd you get electrocuted? He's like, uh, uh I, wasn't with, I wasn't with two dudes in a hotel room, if that's what you're asking. Um, he could have gotten electrocuted at the mine and then walked two miles. But again, they're thinking that type of electrical injury probably would have killed him. So what was it? Radiation has a more lingering death. What is it? And also, now that I think about it, why did the melting story get started in the first place? It almost seems, now that I'm talking about it, seems like disinformation. I mean, it could be the fact that somebody wanted to make the story extra gross, and then that's the version that gets passed on in all these other paranormal communities. He melted, he melted, he melted. But when you look back on it, it's probably not true. It could be that the melting story makes it easier to dismiss that's fantastic. But the idea of someone getting irradiated and then walking and slowly dying, that's more believable. So you would start the faker version of the story as disinformation. When I was reading the story, I had a theory, my personal theory, and some of you guys may have picked up on this too. We've covered stories in Brazil specifically before. It was Operation Plate, where the U.S. government may or may not have been using alien or Technology that looked like alien to do experiments on people in Brazil. Operation Plate and the Brazilian military got involved and the U.S. military stepped in and all the investigations were ended. I think that was like episode 80 or something like that. That's a really interesting episode if you guys want to hear that Operation Plate. But I thought, secret weapon, I thought someone's testing something out in Brazil. They saw a guy walking around and they're like, light him up. And all he would see is that bright light coming at him. That, to me, is the most reasonable answer. The ball lightning, you figure it would kill him. Could be a spirit coming out of the mind because we exist in the world of the paranormal. Whether or not it's real, we definitely entertain those thoughts. Um, probably wasn't an industrial accident because there would be no reason for him to cover that up. But my scenario, or it could be a UFO again, but the fact that it's in the house. My scenario is that there were people in the vicinity that wanted to test out one of their new toys. And they saw a guy all by himself in the really in the middle of nowhere. No one was around. His house was there, but there was no within, nothing else within two miles. And someone, U.S. government or some other government agency or some sort of black book, private organization, whatever, out in Brazil with a brand new toy, sees a man in the middle of nowhere, shoots him. He turns around and he just sees a bright light. And then next thing you know, his upper body is completely burned. To me, that's the most realistic scenario. To me, that's the most terrifying scenario. Because ghosts and goblins coming out of a mine or UFOs that are just passing from our Earth to the next solar system. Yeah, I mean, they're scary in a metaphysical sense. But the idea that humans test weapons on other humans, to me, is far scarier and proven time and time again. So it's possible that this man was the first victim of a death ray. That just turned out to be too unpredictable. Didn't kill him on impact. Couldn't use it in any sort of battle capacity. Because anyone you shoot with it would still be able to walk around for two miles. Go home and still tell where you were. What you were hit with. The thing that killed Mr. Philho may be sitting in a laboratory somewhere. Not made on another planet. Not from the veil beyond our dimension. Not a rumbling spirit from a deep dark mine but from the mind of a human invented specifically to injure, to kill another human. An invention that is sitting on a shelf somewhere, 
just waiting for the right opportunity to be used again. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.